Welcome to the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Romans chapter 15. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for that which is good, to be building him up. For even Christ didn't please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through perseverance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now the God of perseverance and of encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore accept one another, even as Christ also accepted you, to the glory of God. Now I say that Christ has been made a servant of the circumcision for the truth of God, that he might confirm the promises given to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and sing your name. Again he says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. Again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples praise him. Again Isaiah says, There will be the root of Jesse, he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles will hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am also persuaded about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish others. But I write the more boldly to you in part as reminding you, because of the grace that was given to me by God, that I should be a servant of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, serving as a priest of the good news of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be made acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I have therefore my boasting in Christ Jesus in things pertaining to God, for I will not dare to speak of any things except those which Christ worked through me for the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of God's Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and around as far as to Illyricum, I have fully preached the good news of Christ, yes, making it my aim to preach the good news, not where Christ was already named, that I might not build on another's foundation, but as it is written, they will see to whom no news of him came, they who haven't heard will understand. Therefore also, I was hindered these many times from coming to you, but now, no longer having any place in these regions, and having these many years a longing to come to you, whenever I journey to Spain, I will come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey, and to be helped on my way there by you, if first I may enjoy your company for a while. But now, I say, I am going to Jerusalem, serving the saints. For it has been the good pleasure of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are at Jerusalem. 
Yes, it has been their good pleasure, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles had been made partakers of their spiritual things, they owe it to them also to serve them in fleshly things. When therefore I have accomplished this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will go on by way of you to Spain. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of the good news of Christ. Now I beg you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those who are disobedient in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you in joy through the will of God, and together with you find rest. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So I think the beginning of Romans chapter 15 is just an extension of the argument Paul has made here in Romans chapter 14 when he says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. The word failings there, you could also translate that weaknesses of the weak. Talking about the freedom we have in Christ and the freedom to worship on a certain day or to not esteem one day more highly than the other, maybe to honor every day and give every day to the Lord. Whatever that conviction is, we can walk in that and live in it. But we who are strong in in those areas, meaning that we have that freedom to walk in those things, we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. So the person who only eats vegetables, we, we need to bear with them show endurance, have patience and long-suffering towards them for the sake of unity. It's not worth fighting over. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Now, I will reiterate, this again applies to gray areas, certain matters that aren't clearly defined or articulated in Scripture. So these are issues or matters of the conscience. So Paul is going to utilize someone as an example. And guess who this person is? It's Jesus Christ. He's going to say, Don't please yourself just as Christ didn't please himself. And he quotes, The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. I love what Philippians chapter 2 says regarding Jesus. It says, Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And it goes on to say that he was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And he did all of that for us. He took upon himself humanity so he could experience being hungry and being tempted and tired and fatigued and all the emotions that come along with being a human. Jesus, 100% God, but 100% man. And so he can completely identify with us in our weaknesses, in our failings, though he himself never sinned. So Christ chose not to please himself, but he gave up his glory. He surrendered it and made himself nothing taking on the form of a servant, and he served us and he served God. So we too can learn from that, and though we have the right to indulge in certain things, maybe we ought to consider giving up those freedoms in certain situations for the sake of those around us who are also Christ's whom we love. Philippians says, don't look only to your own interests, but to the interests of others as well. Here in Romans 15, Paul says in verse four, Whatever was written in our former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 
At the time Paul wrote that, the scriptures to which he was referring was the Old Testament. We spend a lot of time in the New Testament, obviously, because that's applicable in a lot of ways. But at the same time, we need to be reminded that there's a lot of value as well in studying the Old Testament. For whatever was written in those former days, they were written for our instruction. So we can find endurance, we can find encouragement, and we can have hope through the scriptures. And a lot of times I find myself identifying with a lot of the characters in the Old Testament when I'm studying through it. Because boy, God chose, called some pretty interesting people (laughs) who had a lot of weaknesses and failings and messed up in a lot of ways. And yet I think there's a lot of encouragement and hope found in the fact that they found grace from God and we can too. And they struggled in certain areas and we do too. We can learn also from their shortcomings regarding what not to do in certain situations. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, for they shall be called sons of God. We're told in other places in Scripture, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, or in other places, put on love. And here in Romans, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So let's welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us for the glory of God. Let's not dispute over these matters of opinion. I'm really encouraged by verse 13 when Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. As a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me and it says there that by the power of the Holy Spirit I can abound in hope. Think of all the things we have to endure in this world, all the suffering, all the trials, and imagine doing that without the context of the gospel without God's word, without the hope of eternal life, without the Holy Spirit in us, empowering us to endure these things and to have the hope of Christ in us. But many people who don't have Christ, there's vanity and hopelessness in their pursuits and their life. And so they turn to all kinds of things for meaning and to distract them from the emptiness. But the only thing that's going to bring hope and peace, that's gonna be genuine and lasting, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're sinners. There's a day of judgment coming, and we need to be forgiven for our sins. And we find that forgiveness from God through Christ, who died for our sins, was buried and was raised on the third day. And through faith in Him, through trusting completely in Him and what He did for us, we can be forgiven and we can have hope that there's something beyond what this life has to offer. That's a relationship with the creator and God of the whole universe, of all things, the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. We can know him personally and have a relationship with him and have eternal life. Paul says later on in Romans chapter 15 that he had shared the gospel from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, having fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, he said. So Jerusalem to Illyricum, It's like 1,400 miles. Paul had been all over the place. And he says that he makes it his ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest he build on someone else's foundation. But as it's written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. There's a lot of people today, I believe, that have that same calling and that same heart. It's so important that those who have never heard Those who have never been told of Jesus get that opportunity. You've heard of Wycliffe, the Bible translating society. And one of the things that they do is they try to get God's word translated into all these various languages. 
And so they're translating God's word into certain languages so that people can have access to the truth. A lot of times when people are starting ministries, maybe that's something we need to keep in mind. Do you feel called to a beach town in California that already has a whole bunch of Christian churches and ministries functioning in that area? (laughs) Because you really believe that that's where God has called you to be? Or are there other motivations behind that? Maybe something we should look at is, God, where do you want me to be? Where is there a need for the preaching of the gospel? Where is it where the laborers are few? And so we need to pray so that the Lord of the harvest can bring more workers into his harvest. And Paul certainly didn't want to step on the toes of the other apostles or the other ministers of the gospel if they had already proclaimed Christ in an area or they had a a ministry that was growing. Paul would be like, God bless you. I'm going to go to another area that needs this ministry, that needs the proclamation of the gospel who hasn't already heard. And Paul, he really wanted to visit Rome at this point. He hadn't visited Rome. And part of that was, again, because he was prioritizing preaching the gospel where Christ had called him to preach the gospel. Paul's asking those in Rome as well to make a contribution towards the poor in Jerusalem, the believers in Jerusalem. And he makes the case that the gospel came from the Jews and we're getting to share in the spiritual blessings. Don't they have a right to share in the material blessings for which we have an abundance? Because of the persecution in Jerusalem and because of a drought and for whatever other various reasons, there were a lot of poor people within the body of Christ in Jerusalem who needed help with material things. And Paul's saying, we owe it to them. And same in the body of Christ today. Another place to look to regarding this is 1 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Some have a little bit left over, some have a huge abundance. And those who are blessed with an abundance should gladly share what they have with those who are in need. And Paul also appeals to them that they would be praying for him. It's a great reminder that prayer is powerful and prayer is needed in ministry. And Paul, who was very capable, it seemed, and knew that he couldn't do this in his own strength, but he needed every bit of grace he could get from God. And he needed the prayer of the saints to lift him up and support him. And that's a way we, within the body of Christ, we can participate in ministry. We can not only give financially, but we can be praying for those who are ministering God's word to others. And in that way, share in the blessings of the gospel. Father sent me so 
Great Commission from the Adams Road album, Great Commission.
If you're listening to this content today through the radio broadcast, we just want to let you know that this content is also released as a podcast on a weekly basis. You can find it by searching Adams Road Podcast. Micah Wilder, a member of our ministry, recently wrote a book called Passport to Heaven. As I lay there contemplating the vastness of the love that had been so extraordinarily conveyed to me, the magnitude of Christ's atonement exploded in my heart like a supernova, radiating far beyond my mortal vessel and bringing with it the desire to fall to my knees. The Holy Spirit then began painting a picture of perfect love before me in mere seconds that I had waited a lifetime to understand. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, after having been betrayed and falsely condemned, was dragged into the streets of Jerusalem, where he was brutally beaten, fiercely scourged, spat upon, and publicly scorned. The blameless and spotless Lamb of God cried in agony as a vicious crown of thorns was thrust onto his head, and the Roman soldiers mocked him, saying, Behold, the King of the Jews. And yet Jesus was the King of all kings, and now sits triumphantly at the right hand of God. Through him, the vast universe and all its glory was created. And yet he was led to Calvary, where he was crucified on a tree formed by his own hands, nailed to it by the very people he came to redeem. And there, on Golgotha's rocky hill, the very word of God made flesh, endured with incomparable humility, the most excruciating and harrowing death the world has ever seen. God's immeasurable love for all mankind was on full, heartbreaking display as Jesus bore in his stricken body the sins, iniquities, and infirmities of the world. Bleeding the precious blood of eternal atonement on the cross, the Messiah paid, in full measure, the debt that we owed God because of our transgressions. But this priceless offering wasn't just a collective sacrifice, it was personal. It was intimate. It was for me. The Savior of the world drank the cup of wrath that I deserved and freely poured out his soul to death for me. As my kingly substitute, he willingly took my place on the cross of Calvary and died on my behalf, a guilty sinner, all the while looking into my eyes and proclaiming his ineffable love for me. Jesus endured a transcendent passion that was driven by an infinite and intimate love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. He suffered and died because he loved. And for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. My salvation was that joy. How could anyone love me so much? It was only in this metamorphic flash of grace that it was impressed on me with such an unparalleled intensity just how deep and wide and magnificent that love really was. A love that drove Christ to endure the unthinkable and while suffering unspeakable pain, see my very face. This was a profound love that encompassed the very essence and nature of God himself. This was the sacrificial agape love I had long been waiting for. The only love that could eternally satisfy. Truly, there is no greater expression of love. Passport to Heaven can be found wherever books are sold.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Romans chapter 16. Grace and peace be with you all.